Hey everyone, this is Naya Rume, and you are now listening to Who the F is Nana? Hello, hello, hello everyone. Welcome to episode nine. In this episode, I'm just more so talking about raising black children in today's society and how you feel about that, you know, being born in the late 80s, being raised in the 90s, early 2000s. You know, I felt like my generation, we came up where it was like, okay, we remember the beepers and then we remember the big Ericsson cell phones. Well, I know I have one <laughs> with the antenna looking like a house phone with the prepaid free nights and weekends. And, you know, like the beginning of like the Internet era of AOL where you couldn't use the house phone and it used to make that crazy ass sound before getting on with the chat rooms and all that. So it's like, you know, my era, we kind of. We were on the verge of old versus new technology. And, you know, it's so advanced now. And our children, they just know so much more than what we did, you know, growing up. Because everything is computers and technology and all that good stuff. And I was telling my son, like, yo, my first time getting a cell phone, I was 16. And it was prepaid where I used to go to the phone stores, get my little $10 card. And I was good to go unless I was on the phone with my homegirl. And then we waste minutes as if we couldn't see each other at school. But that's besides the fact So just getting into like right now, like, you know, I'm a mom to a 10 year old. He's in the fifth grade. And, you know, it's it's like, you know, I don't want him to be like underneath me all the time. But at the same time, I want to just make sure that he's safe and make sure that, you know, he I'm raising him to have a great head on his shoulders. So. It's certain times like if we are at the park and, you know, he trip and fall or he's on his bike or he's on his scooter and he gets a cut. The mom and me, I'm like, no, like he has a cut. But then I'm like, all right, Naya, he's a boy. This is what boys do. How many scrapes and cuts you got when you grew up and you a girl? But at the same time, it's like just giving him his independence somewhat and being able to like speak up for himself and express himself. And, you know, you have to listen to your children. So, you know, he's in the fifth grade, so he be with his friends and, you know, I make sure like they good because, you know, I don't play. And um, (laughs) I let him like, you know, hang out with his friends, whereas I'm outside making sure that he's good. And, you know, just be a boy, but at the same time, just instilling in him to always be a leader and not a follower. Because like I always mention, like, if you are a follower, the follower always get into more troubles than a leader because the leader is dictating like, okay, do this and do that. You have to be a a guy of your own mind. You know what I mean? Like, even though people probably, oh, why you don't want to do this? No, stick to your goals and stick to your core values. So that way, nobody can kind of manipulate you to doing things that you don't want to do or you know is not morally right. So anyway, that's just all like what I be going through far as like raising a black man in today's society. I'm a single mom and, you know, I have great male figures around him and I try to keep him busy, whether it's in sports. I know this pandemic slowed down, so he hasn't been able to do like the track or the basketball, things of that nature. But we slowly getting back into it. I'm slowly getting just a little comfortable, not a lot because it's still COVID and, you know, I'm still taking the necessary um, precautions because it's just a lot, you know. But 
he's doing good for the most part. So I just wanted to know, like, far as like with my listeners, like, what are some things that um, worries you about, like raising a child? Like, you don't only just worry about, you know, within your community, but you worried about, you know, people looking at your child based off of his skin color or her skin color. And just knowing that you got to always make sure that they on top of their shit because people are going to prejudge them and say, oh, this person is black. Oh, he can't do this or she she can't do this. So it's like your kids have to constantly like just have like a strong mentality. And, you know, it's, it's so unfortunate because, you know, being black, you got to always be um, you got to always just be on top of your shit. And, you know, you got to always just be the strong person. And sometimes, you know, you need somebody to be strong for you. But it's like. It's, it's such an unfair game when it comes down to like the way society works because not only you dealing with it with outside of your, um, culture, you're dealing with it with, you know, outside of your race, you're dealing with it inside of your race also. Whereas you have people that are like crabs in a barrel mentality, like y'all came from the same place, y'all had the same 24 hours, but yet this person is going to hate on you because you decided that you didn't want to be a slouch and you decided that, you know, I need to get up and do something so that way I can provide a better life for my children and my grandchildren and so forth. So it's like you dealing with those type of aspects. And then when you go into the corporate role, you think you constantly proving yourself. I know for me, my name is Shania. So could you just imagine? I know it's a country singer named Shania Twain, but that's not her real name. <laughs> but it's just like it's so much that, you know, like I always say, just always be yourself. Like you going to take my long nails. You going to um, take my long weaves and, you know, my braids and folks dreads and all types of stuff. And, you know, I'm going to still deliver the same qualities as if someone else. So it's just more so just being able to walk in a room and own it and not worry about who likes you and who don't like you and just be on your shit and really know exactly what you're talking about. And that's what's going to get you through in life. Of course, there's going to be so many hurdles and so many things. But what you know, I don't have time for failure. I have a black boy that's looking up to me and, you know, as a black, you know, Growing up, you know, like boys don't play with their mothers. So they look at their moms like superwoman. So it's like, I don't have time for setbacks. And if anything, I look at my child like, oh, okay. You know, his, he wears size seven. Me and him wear the same size and sneakers. So I'm not a sneakerhead. So it's like, I'm going into the store and I'm asking him like, all right, what you want? And this boy will be like, oh, I want these new J's. Of course, he has to earn those new J's because it's $140 in his size. But at the same time, I'm just showing him like, okay, so if you want it, what are some things that you want to do that's going to set you up? Whereas you can, you know, pay for them yourself. Like, you know, so I give him like his little allowance. And if, you know, if he saves, like he's a Sagittarius, so he saves his money to the point where my mom, she'll call me and be like, Naya, your son keep telling me that I owe him this amount of money. I only asked to borrow $10 and he's talking about you have to give me $25 back because the interest. Like, what the hell? But at least he knows. You know what I mean? Like, you can't just, okay, let me just borrow this quick fast because I don't have any cash on me. My son is going to add the interest and this is something that I, you know, I taught. 
I, I, I let him know, like, listen, you know, the value of a dollar. But for the most part, like, you know, I'd be looking at baby pictures like, oh, my God, my baby's not a baby anymore. And now he's like, Ma, I want a sibling. And I'm like, I mean, I would love to have another child. But at the same time, I'm not going to start all over with no ring. Like to each his own and you do what you do. But I'm not pushing out nobody, child. And I'm just a girlfriend. I'm just not doing that. And, you know, things happen, you know, with all, you know, things could just happen. But just for me, just waiting so long and I know my children are going to be so many years apart. I just want to do it the godly way and just, you know, find a man that's not going to only love just me, but love my son and treat him as if it's his own. So while, you know, I'm dating, I'm seriously dating someone. These are certain values that like I'm letting him know, like, you know, like I don't have time for games. Like if you with it, like I'm a package deal. I'm raising a black son. So, you know, so far he's good. I haven't let him meet my child as of yet. <laughs> But it will happen soon when I feel like the time is right right now. I'm just getting to know who he is and, you know, a little bit more because you can't completely get to know someone in full. Like, I feel like you could be married for 50 years and you just finding out something new about a person. So it's just more so just seeing how compatible we are. And if I can see this man, you know, with me and my child and future children in the next 10, 20 years from now, because I'm in it for the long run. Like homegirl don't have time for no friends with benefits. Been there, done that. And right now I'm just ready to like kind of just settle down and ready to carry your last name. Let me not. I'm not little mocha. But <laughs> at the same time, I just, you know, I just want to see where things go. And, you know, I didn't title it yet, but it's coming. <laughs> But, you know, that's just the thing. Like, so my thing is just making sure that I have a great man that's going to also help me, you know, instill structure within my child and just raise him to be this well-centered, well-rounded individual because it's so hard out here in today's society. And, you know, with this whole Black Lives Movement thing, you know, it's great and everything. And I love, love, love it. But I just feel like we have to stick to it. Like, we still didn't get justice for who killed Breonna Taylor and you know I just don't want certain things to like be a thing you know why it's popular and why everybody is on it and then within months or so it's just like who so I think that we still need to just keep that same energy that we had in the summer and let them know that we not playing because I always say the black race oh my god we are stronger than what we think and you know we got to just come together and like stop all this unnecessary beat bullshit. You know what I mean? Like we really have to come together and just really be on our shit. Like it's so much greatness within us. Like we have so much talent and everything and people just have to like understand like, yo, we in this shit together. So instead of like beefing with a person or for something petty or getting mad at this person or whatever the case may be, it's always good to just be strong and just have someone to lean on. And, you know, we will, we will eventually get what we deserve. You know what I mean? But it comes from us. Like we can't expect other races to, you know, look at us different. Unfortunately, it sucks that people just look at us because of the color of our skin. But generally speaking, like we 
we have to start within our immunity, you know, our communities and understand why we the way we are and kind of just break in generational curses and just, you know, stop the whole repetitiveness of, you know, being in dysfunctional cycles, whether it's, you know, just like just stop normalizing, normalizing the dysfunction. You know, it's just so crazy. So, you know, I just wanted to be better for our children growing up. And I feel like, you know, the youth today, like the late 90s babies, like they got their foot on people next. I'm seeing so many young business owners, so many young entrepreneurs, so many people just getting it. And it makes me proud because... These are certain things that we should have been taught within school as far as like the value of a dollar and credit and all that nature. And unfortunately, when you graduate from high school, going into college, they give you a whole bunch of credit cards. Oh, and, you know, you probably not really coming from nothing or not really having it like that. And it's like, OK, I remember after high school, I got like a Chase School student credit card. And my first semester in college was fashion. So it was like, it was expensive in me being me. I'm trying to, you know, be with the girls that was more privileged and they getting they loose um, swatches and they getting all the materials. And I'm like, shit, I want to get that too. So I started getting the swatches and stuff, but I'm using it off of my student chase card that only had what? $300 on top of like buying food too. Like another thing, don't ever buy food with your credit card. That's so, nah, nah. So it was just, it taught me over the years, like, listen, like, okay, I got to start managing my money. Right. And it's just also, you know, it's certain things that our parents didn't really teach us that we have to kind of learn ourselves so that way we can instill into our children. So, you know, like I always, you know, tell my child, like a value of a dollar is extremely important and just, you know, be on top of everything and, you know, just just be good. Like, it's so crazy because I was what movie we were watching. We were watching, I think, Stomp the Yard, and DJ was like, oh, Ma, like, look, they stepping. And I was like, oh, that's a fraternity. Are you interested in going to one? And he was like, what is that? So I was breaking it down to him and everything. And he was like, oh, that's nice. And I was like, well, you know, just do good in school so that way you could get into a great college. You know, no pressure, but it's just something to just kind of, you know, keep him focused and kind of, okay, my mom said I could be one of those boys stepping in every thing if you know I finish high school and do what I need to do because that's like a brotherhood and it's so many things that you can get from a fraternity on top of my nephew like he's like my oldest nephew he's like a great role model to the boys the boys meaning my son and my younger nephew so I always just try to encourage them um, my son he sings he my baby know how to sing but that's something like he'll do it around the house. And I'll be like, all right, Poppins, let me see you. But he sings and, you know, he's so smart with technology and great with math. He damn sure didn't get that from me. <laughs> but he's so great with math and all that other stuff. So, you know, that's my baby. But at the same time, I'm trying to like, 
I'm at that. I'm trying to keep a balance between, okay, your mommy, baby, but I have to prepare you for the real world also because people are not going to look at you through the lenses of how I look at my child and say, okay, well, that's Naya's baby. They're going to look at it like, oh, that's just a black guy and who he and blah, blah, blah. And you have to always instill certain things in your child. And I feel like it's so unfair that black parents have to instill all these things within their children just because of the color of their skin, how to um, react when an officer comes up to them and all types of things. And it's just so unfortunate. And it's traumatizing at the same time because it's like, you don't want to worry your child, but at the same time, you want to make sure your child is prepared just in case something was to transpire and they know how to conduct themselves, you know, the right way. So that's just certain things that like I just try to go over with my child, you know, try to not make it seem so serious, but serious enough to be like, listen, it's going to be a time where mommy's not there and a cop would be like, oh, let me see, blah, blah, blah. If you drive in a nice car or whatever, I just always want him to remember everything that I taught him. And, you know, just be that be just be aware of your surroundings. It's so crazy. So, um, you know, that's just something that I just have these conversations with my child and I want to know, like, do my listeners have these conversations with their children and, you know, how does it make you feel? And I feel like we as a community, we go through so many things. And last year was such a heavy year for all of us dealing with the pandemic. And, you know, it, it was just a lot. And this is the new normal. You know what I mean? So how do you adjust to like everything? Whereas we're being tired from all ends, whereas and still we, we are being tired from all ends and still have to be that strong person. So how is your mental state? How do you feel? Um, what are certain things that you do for self-care and things to kind of release stress? And, you know, do you have a therapist? Do you talk to close family or close friends? Do you go to church? I don't even think the churches are open right now. I think, well, some, but for the most part, like, how do you do to like, kind of, you know, just woo and, you know, just kind of not, you know, don't put too much heavy things on you. Like for me, like, you know, I pray a lot and I do um, meditation and, you know, I try to talk to family and friends, but I try to be mindful also that people are going through their own things too. So I try not to put that load on certain people because I know me being a social worker, I get piled with trauma after trauma after trauma. And it's like, you have to be the superwoman to people and make sure that they're good. And, you know, at the same time, you got to make sure that you're good also because you get in, you know, piled up with all these traumas on top of the pandemic. So for me, I'm in a population of DV. So it's like, it's skyrocket, you know, since last year. So it's like, you see these young girls and they kind of remind you of a younger you or you hear these stories and it's like, damn. And the sad part about it is it's so many minorities, so many beautiful women with children. And it's like, you got to just keep facing you know, make sure that they, you know, trusting you to help them assist them with their situation because you can't really help someone unless they want the help. So insist them on getting the proper resources that they need on top of dealing with your own personal things and, you know, 
how do you de-stress? Like, you know, for me, it's just, you got to always just have some time for you because at the end of the day, work is work, but your mental and your physical health is what matters because you need to be there for the people that you love also. So, you know, just dealing with everything, like, how do you feel? You know, is it a, do you see a swift change in yourself since this whole pandemic started? And I know I'm jumping from um, topics to topics, but I feel like it all kind of falls under every umbrella far as dealing with, you know, raising children within today's society and, you know, certain things far as from society that you're dealing with and just trying to like, you know, be there for everyone but more so being there for yourself, because if you're not 100, how can you be 1000 for someone else? So I'm going to end this um, episode and I just want y'all to kind of self-reflect on certain things and stay tuned for guest appearances. Um, this is March. Um, a lot has been transpiring over this month. So I'm going to um, start my guest appearances and we're going to just end it off like this and I'll see y'all next week. Later.